It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Long Shot Podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Robinson, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Davis Patrick Reed. Davis, how are we doing? We are back. I'm great. Episode 40 feels like a milestone. Uh, any round number feels nice, but yeah, it's 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 good to be back. You uh, have a different backdrop. Are you in a, you're in a different location? Uh, I am in my new residence. Uh, I have moved. Uh, I'm not going to disclose too much information uh, due to the privacy of myself. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've changed locations, uh, just like our good friends uh, Drake and Future say in that song. <laughs> I believe is called "Change Locations." But uh, yeah, I'm 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 here in a new place. Still haven't got the at home studio set up, but be on the lookout for that in future YouTube videos. Oh come on! Round of applause. Uh, no sound effect. So I'm I am clapping. I'm air clapping. Uh, for those of you that can't see me, this guy's a homeowner. Come on, let me see your I, hands. Get on your feet. I am. I'm, I'm excited about it. I will say I vastly underestimated how much goes into one moving, and two being a homeowner. Uh, Obviously, I've moved before, but like when I was in college, like I felt like I everything that I owned could like fit in a car, so it really wasn't that big of a deal. Now I'm at the point where I've like accumulated enough stuff where it's not it's that's kind of the thing that you realize when you move is like how much random stuff you have. Um, so that has been a big takeaway of mine is just how much goes into moving. It really is the worst. And I'm with you. I don't have that much stuff. I've, I have, I am not a homeowner yet, but when I was out in LA, I moved every year for three or four straight years. And so just the process of packing up everything you have, shipping it to another location, even if it's just down the street is very difficult, but it's an opportunity to downsize. Did you find things to get rid of? I did. I, I did some uh, purging before I, I changed locations. Once again, uh, bringing up changing locations. But uh, I, yeah, I did some purging of some like old stuff that I didn't need. Uh, donated pretty much all of it. Uh, gave some to, to friends of mine who, who wanted it. But yeah, basically, I, I realized when I was going through that process of just how much. It's not junk. I mean, that's probably strong, but just stuff that I don't need. I, I try to live a relatively Spartan lifestyle, relatively Spartan lifestyle. Uh, great SAT vocab word uh, for maybe you kids out there studying at home. Oh, uh, it is it is college uh, admission season, or at least college application season. So maybe <laughs> that was a, a relevant take. But anyways, Dave, how was your uh, how was your Halloween? I see a remnants of a mustache. Was that yeah. a part of a costume or, or what was that? No, this had nothing to do with a Ted Lasso costume. I saw a lot of those though on my timeline. Um, my Halloween was good. It was pretty low key. We're in a great neighborhood here in Ann Arbor. So we had some trick-or-treaters, which is always fun. Although it's still like, you know, it's flu season. COVID is still floating around. So we just set the candy out in the driveway on a little table and just let people come grab. That, and that's that. always... That's always an interesting, that's an interesting dynamic because you got the kids who take handfuls, you got the kids who are polite and take one, you've got the kids who take handfuls and their parents make them come back and put some back. We were just watching it all develop. Uh, it really tells you a lot about a kid's psyche, how they approach the no parents around candy bowl. It's good to know that you're psychoanalyzing the youth in Ann Arbor. Uh, as just watching around. them from my window. like Collecting a, like a <laughs> candy with your mustache on, mind you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I I don't love that. The fact that you uh, removed the personal interaction from Halloween by just putting it on a 
on a in a bowl on a table. I mean, I I just it's it's just not very exciting to me. I feel uh, like that's a huge part of Halloween is like you know interacting with the kids, seeing the costume, you know, cracking a joke, letting them take you know whatever candy they want. Then like maybe you find a costume that you like, take an extra, you know, like having that kind of like <laughs> that back and forth banter is a big part of Halloween. No, you're right. You're right. I think maybe it was the, that I had the mess mustache. I don't know. I just think I felt inclined to keep my distance. You know. Anyways, Davis is incredibly hard-headed on calling this next segment five and five. It's basically <laughs> takeaways from the week. Uh, he's yeah. very, been very bullish on, on uh-huh. the five and five headline. So yep. you want to just uh, get us right into it? Yeah, let's do it. Five takeaways from the week in five minutes. There's no way that it will be five minutes. This is not going to be five minutes, but go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead it off. Maybe the quote of the year so far, in my opinion, got to get your take on it. PJ Tucker, after you guys play Brooklyn, is asked about the Miami Heat's defense. And he says, quote, I can be on KD, then Bam will switch. And I'm like, cool. Then Jimmy will switch. And I'm like, cool. Then Kyle will switch. And I'm like, cool. We can yell at each other and then go out there and play and be good. So he names four of the starting five being able to switch and be cool. And I just, I want to know, maybe the quote ended early. Maybe there was an omission of you. Have you addressed this with him? How do you feel about this? I don't know. Maybe I'm making it too big of a deal, but I just, I don't know. I I didn't appreciate the subtle shade from PJ there. See, actually, I'm going to take this a different direction. I think there was an omission in name dropping, but I think that the part in that quote where I really shine is the we can yell at each other and go out there <laughs> and play and be good. I think that a lot of the the yelling I'm mm. involved with. Um, some of it's motivating. Some of it's encouraging. Some of it is, you know, about doing something better, this or that. So while I wasn't mixed in with the talking about the switching, and, uh, you know, those guys obviously were, I do still feel that there was a reference to be, to me being made that might be extrapolating a little bit. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the great thing about quotes that I've learned this week is that you can take them out of context and you can kind of just basically <laughs> do whatever you want with them. Um, I learned that from actually this podcast was quoted in a sports business journal. I don't know if you knew that Davis, I uh, did. my, my remarks about the new Wilson ball were basically taken out of context. Um, but anyways, not, not really something that we need to harp on, but I, I thought it was a great quote by PJ. I really did. It's, it's funny. And by the way, we're still on takeaway one. This is not a transition to takeaway two, but no. it is, it is funny that the Wilson ball, we referenced it a couple of weeks ago. You talked about how it's just different. It feels different, which is, I think a very harmless take, but multiple guys have now come out and sort of echoed the same sentiment. Paul George, the other night in a post-game conference said, look, I'm not making excuses. I want to be very clear. I'm not making excuses, but the ball feels different. It's going to take time to adjust. You might see some bad misses. And I think that just comes with the territory, right? Like you're changing brands of balls. It's impossible. That's going to be exactly the same. Uh, we, you know, we want to make it very clear that you've said you can shoot a beach ball 50%. You know, we're not making excuses here. We're just making observations. That's our job here at the long shot podcast. Yeah. Different does not equal bad. I feel like we need to put up like a sign of that with a a cross through the equal sign. Change is sometimes good. In this Mm. context, I'm not saying that this change is necessarily good, but I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad either. I'm just saying- That's going to get taken out of context once again. (laughs) I'm just saying that it's a change. That's all I'm saying. Um, But to, to sit there and say that we change products, but and then say that it's the same product- it's not. Uh, once again, not not really needing to harp on this too much. Uh, anyways, our first takeaway was the PJ quote. What's the second one, Dave? I'm taking the second takeaway as well. And it's that, Duncan, this is kind of like 1A, but it's our second takeaway. Let's give a little credit to your defense, all right? Because your defense has been good this year. You guys are a menace in Miami on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's been well documented. You guys are number one defensive team in the NBA. But you grabbed your 500th defensive rebound this week. So once again, no soundboard, but we're giving a round of applause. 500 career defensive rebounds. I know it's early in the season, but you're averaging over four a game, which is one more than you did last year. And most importantly, 
you have grabbed two offensive rebounds this year through seven games. I, for those of you that have been listening to the Long Shot Podcast for a couple months now, you know that last year Duncan set a record for fewest offensive rebounds in the NBA for someone that played over, I think, 2,000 minutes with seven. I think you grabbed seven. Seven, yeah, feels right. So you have two through seven games, which means you're on pace for like 20. You're going to shatter that, shatter it. So, you know, I hope you keep that up. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to know that I have a chance to not be on the wrong side of history once again. You know, the <laughs> the seven the seven rebounds, offensive rebounds in two thousand plus minutes uh, is not one of the the better stats. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will say I've gotten a little bit more leeway to offensive rebound this year, um, which I think has uh, which is what you can attribute to, you know, the massive change, right. uh, you know, the, just the volume of my offensive rebounding, just two of them through seven games. So, yeah, that's that's a huge reason why uh, I'm going to take number three, uh, the, the takeaway, and that is that the city of Dallas is very underrated. Mm. So we we played second night of a back to back in Memphis on Saturday. We flew right after the game to Dallas. So we spent, granted, we got in very late on Saturday, but we spent Saturday night, all day Sunday, all day Monday, played Tuesday, and flew. So we spent three days in the city of Dallas. We had an off day Sunday because we had a back-to-back, and then we practiced Monday. So still, we had a lot of downtime. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of... I didn't do anything crazy. I was just walking around the city, just kind of getting a feel. And uh, it had a great energy. I thought the climate was great. Uh, incredibly underrated climate. It was just cool, crisp enough uh, to where it's it's not too hot, but it's still warm enough to where, you know, you could maybe get away with a short sleeve shirt or something like that. So that's important. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of Dallas, where we were staying, great proximity to some good restaurants, a couple coffee shops. If you wanted to go shopping, you could do that as well. Uh, A lot of versatility in the city of Dallas. That's a takeaway of mine for the week is that I'm a fan of the city of Dallas. I fully support that. I haven't spent enough time in Dallas to confirm or deny, but I trust your judgment. And it is, it's amazing how much good weather can impact your perception of a place or of a city. So I'm sure that that helps. But all right, shout out Dallas. I'm happy to hear that that it's a good city. All right, Dunk, I'm going to take the fourth takeaway, if that's all right. I earlier said that PJ's quote is my favorite quote of the year, but I'm totally retracting that statement because this is by far a better quote. Jimmy says, you're the dumbest player he's ever played with, which is pretty special. I think he said it tongue in cheek, but still, you said you can take quotes out of context if you want. So if you just read the quote, he is saying you're the dumbest player that he's ever played with. How does that make you feel? Well, first and foremost, it doesn't make me feel great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got so many texts about this one. Uh, you know, people sending me the clip, people sending me the quote. And then like two days after he said it, it got like picked up again and like resurfaced in the, the media cycle. Uh, so I've been hearing a lot about this over the last several days. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's partially tongue in cheek. Uh, Jimmy just has this kind of way of just speaking his mind in in media sessions and for whatever reason uh he felt so inclined to say some uh, disparaging things about yours truly <laughs> to be honest with you i i thought that the question was going to involve me in some capacity and it didn't like he just kind of <laughs> pulled my name out of thin air right, uh, right which you know whatever i mean it's it's something that him and i kind of go back and forth on I like to pride myself on having a, a pretty high basketball IQ. <laughs> he doesn't clearly think that that's true. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just uh, it's just some good quality, productive teammate back and forth is all it is, really. That's good to hear. But here's my thought, Dunk. I just don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, we went to school together. I've I've seen you in the classroom. I think you're a pretty smart guy. But you also like to drop big vocabulary words on this podcast, and it might be some posturing on your part. It might be a facade. It might be covering up some some lack of IQ. So I figure the only way for us to really know is to put your feet to the fire. What I've done here is I've spent some time combing the internet with some IQ tests, and I've grabbed a series of questions that I would like to ask you just to get a rough sense of where your IQ sits right now. Is that all right? Can Can I give these to you? I mean, yeah, you're you're really putting me on the spot here, but uh, yeah, let's we we can run this. 
Some of these are going to be pretty easy. I think you should get, um, some might test your mental a little bit. I think it's going to be good. It, you, look, it's like last week we did our first, uh, long thoughts where we gave some relationship advice and you talked about how this is a basketball heavy podcast. It's important to stimulate our minds in other ways. So I've got a couple IQ questions for you. We're going to do just that first is a little bit of a vocabulary question, which should be a fastball down the middle for you. All right, here you go. This is which, my sweet spot, but go ahead. <laughs> which word expresses the meaning of reassuring the best? Is it compassionate, comforting, explanatory, or meddlesome? Reassuring. It's definitely one of the first two. Uh, I'll go comforting, reassuring, comforting. I feel like those are synonyms. That is correct. You are one okay. for one. Congratulations. Love it. Well, I appreciate you starting in, in my, my strike zone. Thank you. And right in your wheelhouse. Number two is a pattern number question, which I think you still should be comfortable for you, but we'll see. All right. So please name the next number in this series. Four, six, nine, six, 14, six, blank. What number would complete that series? By the way, I have written out these questions that Duncan can see. So he's not just going straight off. He, he can read these as well. Yeah, I was actually going to say, you actually reading this out loud actually helped me more mm, than looking at it visually. I believe that. Which is interesting because when I was just looking at the question, because obviously the answers are not on there, but I'm looking at them, these numbers in this order. I was a little confused, but hearing the cadence in which you read it, you almost kind of yeah. like tipped me I off a little bit. I, I think I did. Uh, the repeating six is what gave it away. So what I'm seeing is is that it's uh, the repeating six every other, and then I'm seeing it jump in increments of five in between the sixes. So I got four, six, nine, six, 14, six, 19. Correct. I'm now bummed thought. that I, I read that out loud. I think I probably yeah, honestly, did I, I would have I would have been I think I would have been lost without the the cadence of you reading it. All right, fine. All right, question number three. A little word association here. Water Love this. is to pipe, water is to pipe, as blank is to wire. Is it A cord? B electricity? C heat? D gas. So this is a loaded question. It's either B or C. The logical answer is B, electricity. But in some cases, I'm pretty sure heat can also travel through a wire. I'm not trying to outthink the question here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say B, electricity. You were outthinking the, the question, but it is B, electricity. Congratulations. Okay. You, are, you are three for three. All right, Dunk, I got one more for you. All right. This is a, another, it's kind of like a math question. Let's see how you do here. All right. So can I, uh, paint. am I allowed to use props? Can I break out a piece of paper or no? 100%. I, well, no, okay. you can count on your hands. That's it. Okay, I uh, use my hands. So let me paint a picture for you, Dunk. Mary, who is 16, is four times older than her brother. How old will she be when she's two times older than her brother? Ooh. Is it A, 20, B, 24, C, 25, D, 26, or E, 28? Yeah, so this is just classic math word problem. Um, once again, I, I was not a great math student, but word problems were, were kind of my my strong suit. Mm. So you're really just kind of playing into my web here. Uh, so if Mary's 16, four times older than her brother, that means her brother at the time is four. So they're 12 years apart. So then I'm just going to reverse engineer the question and look at the answers and say that half of 24 is 12. So it's B, 24. Ding, ding, ding. How about that? Four for four. All right, Jimmy, you hear this? Jimmy. I don't know what Jimmy's talking about. I am dialed in. <laughs> four for four. What is Is that a 160 IQ? What, I mean, what is that? You're up there with Einstein. You're up there with uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Doesn't he have a really high IQ? You're up there, man. You're up there. Congratulations. I got to say, it feels good to, to step on this platform in front of millions and millions of viewers and listeners yeah, uh, billions. and perform 
in that fashion. Uh, I enjoyed that. You crushed it. Four for four. Well done. It's a huge confidence builder for me. Um, <laughs> my takeaway, I have the last one. Pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, the Heat are good. I, I think we're pretty good. <laughs> um, we're six and one right now as of today. Uh, when this comes out, we'll be playing the Celtics tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're we're pretty good. So you, uh, yeah, I'm looking tell you forward what. to keeping it rolling. You guys have looked awesome. Really awesome. Um, I saw a stat today. I think it was the Heat Twitter account that tweeted this out, but you guys haven't been out-rebounded this year, and your bench has not been outscored this year. That feels like a recipe to win a lot of games, but you're also first in the league defensively. I think top five offensively is just like you guys have been rolling. Largest point differential in the NBA right now. It's like hovering around 17. You guys are just smacking people. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, look, it's early, but I, I imagine you got to feel pretty confident with the start you guys have had. Yeah. I mean, it's a great start. Um, obviously, you know, you got to continue to keep building and I think some of it is some teams are still kind of figuring out, uh, you know, some different things. And I think that from early on, we've kind of already established an identity, which I think goes a long way. So it's going to be about continuing to, to grow and, and build it. You know, obviously championships are not won in October or November. Um, they are won in June. So we'll see. But uh, it, like you said, it's, it's great to get off to a good start. All right, Dave, what's the uh, Reddit question of the week? Reddit question of the week. We liked uh, every once in a while given the behind the scenes view. So this, this question is in that vein. You referenced earlier when you talked about Dallas being a great city, how you uh, traveled straight from Memphis. I am curious, well, actually, Grandmaster Funk on Reddit is curious. What's it like for an NBA team at the airport? What does your guys' travel day look like when you are flying? Uh, great question, Grandmaster Funk. So I'll start by saying that it's not your conventional airport experience, as you can maybe imagine. We fly out of a different section of the airport. So... For example, when we're flying out of Miami, we will go to practice or we'll have treatment or if it's a back-to-back, we'll play a game, whatever it is. Everybody will drive separately uh, in their own vehicles to the airport. There's like a little private parking lot um, where we'll all park that's gated off, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, then so don't just, get any ideas, people. You can't yeah. find the cars. Uh, it's just, I don't even want to call it a terminal. It, it's literally just like a little walkthrough. Um just kind of, I guess it is a terminal. I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but uh, yeah, you just kind of walk through security. Um, it's a, it's an abbreviated form of security and they just grab your bags and you just walk onto the tarmac and walk up the ramp onto the plane. So it's obviously we're not, we're not dealing with the um, kind of hustle and bustle of your prototypical airport experience, largely just because, you know, being efficient is incredibly important, particularly after games. You know, every hour that you can save of sleep in a bed is is a huge deal, uh, especially when you know you get going on a on a road trip or something, and you know sleep is it becomes increasingly more important. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know then when we land right off the plane, the buses are already pulled up right to the plane, um, and just hop on the buses and they take us to the hotel. So it's it's I mean it's a very very luxurious way to travel. Um, and, and it's largely because of the efficiency standpoint. And also, you know, while we're on the plane, uh, it's really important to try to maximize sleep on planes as well. So, uh, incredibly spoiled a hundred percent. I mean, it's, 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 you know, we could never should complain about, uh, our lodging or anything like that because we, we really do have it first class all the way. Yep, that's my takeaway is you guys are spoiled. Um, what does it look like in the air? Are you guys, are guys sleeping? Are guys playing card games? Are guys listening to music? Do you have assigned seats? Like, are you sitting next to the same people every time or is it free for all? It's kind of like free for all early on. And then, you know, we're all creatures of habit and routine. So eventually people just end up kind of sitting in the same seats over and over. I uh, said, sit next to Max Struess. Uh, I'm a big window seat guy, you know, mm, so, me too. so he, he gets the aisle. I get the window. Uh, some guys play cards, uh, a lot of cards. We play uh, music bumping usually uh, out loud. And then uh, I, I'm 
I'll either read, I'll watch TV, I'll watch movies, whatever it is, uh, or I'll sleep. Honestly, a lot of times I'll sleep, especially if it's later in the, the evening. But yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of guys sleep and just kind of do their own thing. And some guys play cards. Music being played out loud seems a little selfish. It's like it, it's like the guys who go on a run or, or on a bike and they've got the speaker and they're just blasting music as they go. It's like, buddy, I don't want to hear your music. I'm trying to do my own thing here, especially if you're reading or trying to watch a movie. It's like, hey, Max, can we turn down uh, Celine Dion? It's like, I'm trying to chill here. <laughs> well, that, first off, I'll clear Max's name. Max is not the one bumping the music. Uh, so I will not disclose who is the main culprit, but uh, it's usually actually the music is blasted out loud usually after wins. And then it's more of like kind of a celebratory vibe. Um, so it's a little bit more understanding in that sense because it's all like, you know, we're all kind of like enjoying the moment, bumping some music, hanging out, basically. All right, fair enough. Makes sense. Yeah, Sounds like a good, good vibe, good environment. Um, anyways, that's the Reddit question of the week. We got our long shot feature. That's New York Jets quarterback Mike White. First NFL start was last week. He threw for 405 yards and led the Jets to a win over the Bengals. He's the first NFL QB to throw for over 400-plus yards in their first start since Cam Newton did it. He was a practice squad guy, love a long shot, and he got his opportunity due to some injuries and, of course, very clearly has maximized it. Uh, shout out to Mike White for that. Yep, beautiful stuff. And... uh Kind of a similar story to the guy we're about to get to, Taylor Heineke, guy who bounced around, finally got his opportunity. We learned during the conversation it was the quarantine quarterback, so he went to Washington, had to keep his distance from the rest of the quarterback room just in case there was a COVID outbreak. They had somebody to lean on and got his opportunity, completely maximized it, uh, signed a deal in the offseason, and now he is the starting quarterback for Washington. Yeah, we had a, a great conversation with Taylor. Um, one of my favorite things about it is just seems like a, a very just regular, simple kind of guy, um, which I, I always really appreciate. Somebody who does what they do at such a high level. And, you know, when you watch him play, obviously he has such a high skill level, and that happens through a serious dedication to your craft. Um, but he's, he's very just kind of like over himself, simple, just kind of like – yeah, you know, I play football. I sling that thing. I, I do what I do. Um, just seemed like a, a, a great guy and certainly enjoyed talking to him and having him on. So I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Taylor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back in to the Long Shot Podcast. We are now joined by a guy who completely embodies the Long Shot spirit and a guy who we've wanted to have on this podcast for quite some time. He was undrafted in 2015, bounced around the NFL a little bit, dealt with injury, dealt with being cut, spent a year in the XFL. And this time a year ago, he was not playing football at all. Instead, he was taking online classes to complete his master's in engineering. And now he is the starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Taylor, welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, it's a cool experience right here. No, uh, it's a cool experience for us. I, I, I got to yes. tell you, when uh, watching you in the wild card game last year. I imagine I'm, I'm, I'm a part of many others, uh, but I immediately became a fan uh, and, and since then have wanted to have you on. So, so thank you for joining us. You're on your bye week right now. First and foremost, I'm, I'm just curious, what does that kind of look like? Because two weeks off, or I guess a full week off, uh, is a foreign concept to, to an NBA player. Yeah. So um, you kind of date back to when training camp started. So it's probably like late July, July, let's say 23rd. And we've been nonstop practicing since then. So what, that's been uh, a little over three months now of just practicing and grinding. So when you get to this part of the year, um, you know, coaches know that 
you need to get your mind away from football a little bit, get your bodies back right. Um, so it, it was big for us. It came at a good time. You know, we're in a, we're in a little struggle, struggle bus right now. So I uh, had some guys banged up. So, you know, he canceled practice, let, let the guys go see their families. And you know, that's why I'm, I'm back down here in Georgia, seeing family, seeing my little, my little nephew. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good time to kind of get away. Love it, man. I, I think balance uh, is huge, obviously. I, I'm curious for you, how do you – obviously, you, you spend so much time preparation, uh, film, practice, lift, all that sort of stuff, taking care of your body. What does it look like to get away from football for a little bit for you? Yeah, I just try to do stuff that I enjoy, um, whether that's like go golfing, um, just taking like nice hikes, you know, something to try and get my mind off of football but also something that I enjoyed doing. So, you know, like I just said, golfing and, and, and taking long hikes and just spending time with family, uh, catching up with people that, you know, you haven't talked to in, in months. So um, it, it's a good, it's a good time to kind of get back to baseline. Are you a, are you a stick? Because Davis and I are pretty amateur golfers. <laughs> uh, we like to get out there and, and hack around a little bit, but I know that like for whatever reason, being a quarterback translates to being a really good golfer. I feel like for some reason. So I imagine you probably fall in that camp as well. I will say I've picked it up in the last couple of years and um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll shoot in like the high eighties, which, you know, bogey golf is, is good with me. Great golf. Bogey golf is great golf. There's no great shame in bogey is. golf. But, uh, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've been around some quarterbacks that, you know, Sam Bradford, for instance, um, showed up to a training camp and I was like, Hey man, what would you do? He said, I play a lot of golf. So what, what are you shooting? He's like, well, I shot a 67 yesterday, hit a oh, hole in one. I'm like, Oh, well, is, that, is that your first hole in one? He's like, no, it's my fifth or sixth. And I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> like, what are you doing playing football? <laughs> wasn't wasn't he like uh wasn't he like athlete of the year for both football and golf and like high school or something like that? He's like a crazy athlete. I'm sure he was, but he's I mean he's shooting in the sixties consistently. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's some damn good golf. That's high level. Taylor, did you play other sports in high school? Because I, I know you were like a legendary. You talk about being back in Georgia. You're like a legendary high school Georgia quarterback. Broken broke all sorts of records. Did you play other sports as well, or was it football only? I was really big into baseball. Um, I played my, my freshman year and then there's just some, something happened my freshman year of baseball where I was, you know, spring practice for football was going on and I was on the baseball field and I just kept on catching myself looking over at the football field and wanting to be down there. And I, from that moment on, I knew I wanted to just focus on football. So, um, probably, I probably made the right choice. Yeah, I would I would definitely say so. Um, I, I want to ask a little bit about just how this year has been for you. We highlighted a little bit of your background, um, but you've basically just kind of been one of those like stay ready so you don't have to get ready guys. You've taken advantage of every opportunity and parlayed it into to more opportunity. Now you're in this position where you know you're a starting quarterback. You kind of know what to expect week in and week out, um, at least from your role standpoint. How has that helped you kind of develop confidence and clarity over how you're playing, a game plan, and just like how you kind of fit into to this league? Yeah, it's it kind of goes both ways. So it's it's nice knowing that you're a starter, so you can you know get all the reps throughout the week and um, know that you'll be playing on that Sunday. But at the same time, I'm still kind of new to this. You know, I'm, I'm I'm 28 years old. I've been in the league for about six, seven years now, but I still kind of feel like new just because I haven't played at this level this much. So um, there's there are some moments where you kind of just feel like the world's closing in on you. You want to be perfect and um, you know, you, you, it's almost like you try too hard instead of just going out there, having fun, just playing the game that you've always played and everything happened natural. So there's a, there's a fine line there. There's a, there's a, there's definitely a medium to where you want to have fun, but you, you know, obviously be, be prepared. But um, like you were saying earlier, there's a, there's a, a big emphasis on balance, you know, in my mind, um, you know, whether that's going out there and, and having a lot of fun, but also being prepared and, and going out there and trying to win games. So, um, I think one, one too much either way kind of gets you in trouble. So yeah, I'm just trying to find that, that good balance right now. Yeah. That's definitely something that I went through. Um, you know, my first year as a professional spent a lot of time in the, the G league and I, I like, I couldn't miss in the G league. And then whenever I got opportunities in the NBA, 
it was like I literally couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. Like I couldn't make anything ever. And mm-hmm. so much of like shooting, as I imagine, honestly, being a quarterback is like comfort, confidence, feeling like you can just kind of play your game. And it's it's not something that you can just fake either right like you you can like say like i used to say before games like i'm a bad motherfucker like i just go out there and like let it fly but it's it's different once you step in between the lines and then all of a sudden you know for you it's a little different than me like you got people running at you trying to take your head off uh but how like for you for me so much of it was like developing confidence through like preparation knowing i'm prepared but then also like gaining little moments of like experiencing success Yep. For you as a quarterback, it's a different level of responsibility because you go from being a backup to not only getting, you know, live reps, but now all of a sudden you're the captain of an offense. So you have to like you you have to have the entire offense believe in what you're doing, not only yourself, uh, which is just a, another level of it. Like I just had to sit in the corner and, and make a shot when someone was throwing me. You have to run the whole ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's a difficult part, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to personally be on all your P's and Q's and, and be ready to go. But at the same time, you have to make sure everyone else knows their thing. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of responsibilities that comes with it, but at the same time, um, just being in this position for a long time, being a quarterback, I like having that responsibility. I feel like I can handle it and I feel like I'm pretty good at it. So um, and again, like I said earlier, the, the biggest thing is, you know, I, I go in every week prepared. I feel great about it. We have great weeks of practice. And the, the next thing is going out to practice and having fun with it. So those guys want to go play football. You know, their bodies are hurting a little bit. Maybe they don't feel like, you know, you know how it is traveling all the time. Your body's just not there sometimes. But when you have someone there, you know, trying to make it fun and, and, and enjoying it, it makes it, it makes it a lot more easier. You have, uh, yeah, you've, you've certainly embraced that role. And I remember after the wild card game last year, your teammates were coming out like, yeah, that's a guy who I want in our locker room. That's a guy who I want to play with. Duncan alluded to this, but you have played with a fearless, uh, tenacity. I think that's been part of your, like sh- your shtick. Can you just provide a little context? Cause a lot of our listeners are basketball fans. Can you yeah. provide a little context as to what it's like to have 300 pound freak athletes just trying to kill you every time that you have the ball, which as a quarterback is every play. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you, when you kind of say it like that, it's kind of terrifying. Uh, these guys are getting paid <laughs> millions of dollars to try and, you know, knock your head off. But, uh, you know, it just adds to the, to the adrenaline of the game. And quite honestly, um, when you get hit by those guys, it almost brings you back to earth and you kind of play better. So like there's some games where I won't get hit for the whole first quarter and I still kind of feel the jitters. And once I get hit once by those guys, I'm like, okay, you know, let's play some football. Um, but yeah, you know, I grew up watching Brett Favre and he had a lot of passion for the game. He had a lot of fun out there and he just, he looked like a, a young kid out in the backyard, just, you know, playing football. And, you know, that's, that's who I fell in love with as a kid. And, that's who I kind of try and play like. So you kind of see that on the field sometimes. That reminds me of uh, that clip of Leonard Fournette that I saw this week of he's just getting like hit, like crushed, and he's just laughing the entire time. Like he's like yeah. mic'd up. Like, dude, that's like <laughs> like that you saying like I like getting hit. It like kind of brings me alive, which I kind of get, but it's also in the best way, like kind of borderline like <laughs> psycho behavior. Yeah. Uh, but like I, I feel like with football, that's a line that you have to like learn how to walk. Like it's a fearless kind of approach that if you play, if you're timid out there, if you're like scared to get hit, then you're dead in the water, right? I mean, I got to imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the, the game of football, you're going to get hit. And, you know, if you're scared, it's going to it's going to happen regardless. You might as well not even think about it, you know. So um, that's how I go about it. You know, I, I have to have trust in those five guys up front to, to do their job. And if I'm if I'm thinking about something else, I, I can't do my job right. So it's that's why they call it the ultimate team game, man. They, all, all 11 players on the field have to be doing their job for you to have a chance to be successful. So it's uh, it's definitely a cool game. Davis uh, alluded a little bit to your high school career. I want to talk a little bit about your college career. Uh, Going to a small college, 
a little bit of a unconventional path to being a professional, something I can relate to. Uh, I played at a division three school before I transferred to Michigan. And I'm curious, like everybody kind of talks about, you know, going to a small school as a negative. I'm curious if, if you felt going to a small school, having the opportunity to play a lot, uh, you know, start games all four years for you, like how did that prepare you in a unique way versus like if you had gone maybe to a power five school, uh, maybe not had all, you know, as many snaps throughout your career. Like, do you, do you feel like there's some like advantage to that as well? A hundred percent. I mean, I think the best way to get better is to play and, um, you, you know, experience and, and plant like, yeah, I could have, like, maybe say Georgia came in late and offered me. That's my dream school. And I would have gone there. And let's say I sat behind guys for three years, maybe four years, and got got one year starting. I'm not getting any better, you know, those four. I mean, I, I, maybe I am throughout practice and stuff. But, you know, going to that small school and playing for four years, you learn a lot. And, um, you know, I, I train these young kids here in Georgia sometimes, and, you know, they're all – hell-bent on getting these big offers i'm like hey guys you know it's okay to go to a smaller school and play for four years because if you're good enough to go to the nfl they're going to find you it doesn't matter where you go they're going to find you so um you know you, you, you start seeing a lot more guys that are undrafted and from smaller schools stay in the league longer and i think that's you know credit to them just playing a lot maturing throughout those years and uh you know just having a little chip on their shoulder what is that, do you think, uh, Taylor? Because I, I agree with you. And it's actually something I wrote down I wanted to ask you about is, you know, Duncan, like he said, the, the long shot, we're all about like the undrafted guy. You know, we, we try to shine light on that on this podcast. It's It seems way more common in the NFL that you come across those guys than in the NBA. If you look at NBA rosters, it's a bunch of high major guys who went to Kentucky and North Carolina and UCLA. In the NFL, it's a little bit different. Do you think it's easier to find those diamonds in the rough? Like, what is it that it, uh, makes it that way in the NFL? Yeah, you know, it's a tough question. Um, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, maybe style of play. Um, the big thing about the NFL now that you don't really see in college is special teams. A lot of players make their kind of introduction into the league through special teams. Um, you know, you can find a lot of linebackers that can be second, third, four string linebacker same thing with receivers stuff like that so you have to find the guy that's going to be a good second third four string receiver but can also be a great special teamer and a lot of those guys are undrafted guys um guys that will do anything to go out there and just play some football um you know they're not high maintenance guys you know they just they just want to, they just love the game of football so that's when you see a lot of undrafted guys kind of make their way through through that avenue, which is which is great. You know, I think if you just go out there and work hard and, you know, provide yourself every day to, to be good at that special team, then, hey, you know, whatever pays the bills pays the bills, you know. Yeah, I, I want to ask about uh, what goes into prep for a week. You know, for example, like we, we play 82 games when we have like a two day prep, it might look a little bit different than a back to back, obviously, but like realistically, we can only do so much in preparation for a game. You guys devote an entire week of preparation for one game for you personally. What does that look like in terms of like what you're devoting to on field reps, film study? Like, are you, are you basically just watching every single coverage that every defense could run or trends? Like, how are you kind of breaking it down? Because I, I do think that there is a line also of like, too much information can be crippling because then yep. you're just overanalyzing the whole time. Like I, I've also experienced that. And I'm wondering like as a quarterback, how you kind of balance that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. So I'll kind of take you through my week. Um, so say like we play a game on Sunday, we'll come in on Monday, have like a little lift afterwards and then watch the game tape from that, from that previous game. Tuesdays are usually our days off. But as quarterbacks, we come in, get a lift, and then we usually watch about three or four games of that next upcoming opponent. Um, so, so like next week, Tuesday, I'll be watching about three or four games of, of Tampa. And then Wednesday comes around, we get our base game plan. So a lot of the first and second down plays that we like, um, a lot of the run plays that we like, and we'll go and practice that on Wednesday. And then Thursday, 
uh, is our, you know, third down days. So we, we go watch a bunch of third downs, see what they like to do in certain situations on the field, you know, third and two versus third and eight, um, and kind of try and come up with some plays that we feel good about that. Uh, Friday's, you know, red zone days. So when you get down to the red zone, what do, what do they like to do? Uh, same thing. And then Saturday is kind of one of those walkthroughs where we kind of walk through it all and make sure everyone's on the same page. And then Sunday, go play and Monday, do it all over again. So, um, yeah, there's a lots of film watching. So Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm usually at the facility from 6.30 to 6.30. They're about 12 hours. Um, I would say about five or six of those hours are, are watching film, if not more. So a lot of it's, a lot of it's mental. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, I, I'd rather not be doing anything else. How, so then how do you like, you have all this, this game film in your mind that you've watched an entire week. How do you still go out and like, let your instincts as an athlete take over because I, I still feel like you got to walk that line between both right like you have to know what coverage the defense is but still once you know that you still have to like sling it and like be an athlete and, and make a play and, and show off your skill level so like for you personally like is it is it every single play is is broken down like I got to read exactly what this defense is doing or is it like <laughs> I'm showing how little I know about football but like <laughs> or is it like snap the ball get a, get a, you know, kind of general concept of what they're in and like, let's go make a fucking play. A little bit of both. Um, again, like there's some times where, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is the best at it. He uses like that cadence where he pretends like he's about to snap the ball. He sees, you know, some rotation of the safeties. He knows what they're about to do. And then he'll kind of adjust from there and get them into a better play and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, most of it's pre-snap when you start looking at, you know, people lining up and what they like to do throughout film and you kind of get a gauge of what they're about to do and whatever play is called, you have to remember through that week, what we talked about, you know, if uh, the nickel decides to blitz on this play, um, you have to know that, you know, our offensive line is going out to them and you're protected and you want to keep your read on the backside. It's just a lot of stuff that you have to think about and split seconds. And, um, Again, that's the beauty of the game. You know, all 11 guys have to think that way at the same time for you to be successful. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work, but, you know, when things are going good, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Yeah, the, the mental side is obviously, and it's all high level of, of sports, but I really do feel like the quarterback position particularly, granted I've never played it. Uh, but I can only imagine, and, and there's the other side of that too, of the mental side of dealing with adversity, which is if you, you know, go out, throw an interception, lose a game, whatever, first of all, throw an interception, you're now off the field. You have zero control of what happens on the field. You have to live with that play. The other side of football is if you lose a game, have a bad game, you have an entire week that you have to relive that loss. Yep. basketball it's like it's it's next play speed right like something happens i'm on to the next play we lose a game we probably got another one the next day if not the day after that how do you like navigate the the learning from setbacks and adversity and and not like just being like ignorant to the fact that you can those can be learning experiences but then also like moving forward and saying like i, I can't i can't live in that those spaces too long yeah i mean you just hit it on the head. Um, I mean, I feel like if you dwell in those in those bad situations, let's like say you throw a pick, and if you dwell on that for too long, it's going to keep affecting your play. And, you know, you know that. If you miss, you know, a couple of open shots, you are you can't let it get to you. You got to just keep keep firing them, you know. And um, so I always tell myself, and I kind of learned this in college, you know, a good, a good setback is the possibility for a comeback. So – you know, when I throw a pick, I'm like, okay, this is just going to put me in a situation where I can come back and, and, and do right by this, if that makes sense. Um, like week two against the Giants, we're, we're winning, we're in a four-minute deal, trying to run the clock out, I throw an interception. They kick a field goal, we're down, we're down by two. And, you know, I thought I lost the game when I threw that pick. Well, it just gave me an opportunity, you know, five minutes later with two minutes left to go down there and, and win the game. And, uh, and we, and we did just that. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's huge in football to have a short-term memory, you know, 
one plays bad and that's fine. Don't let it don't let it ruin the rest of the rest of the night. When last year at this time, when you were studying uh, to get a master's, what's what's going through your mind as as it relates to football? Is it still like are you still training every day? Is it is it something that you're still actively, very actively pursuing? Where were you at with football at that point? So I was training every day, but you know, I was um I like working out, you know, I like doing all that stuff, I like staying active. So I was, you know, walking five to ten miles a day and lifting and training some kids on the field and I just enjoyed it, you know, and but deep down in my mind I thought I was done. I thought I was done with football. Um but again, you know, I, I've, I was really proud of myself because I kept on going to the field and training these high school and, and JUCO kids, and I would throw with them. And I would just remember all the things I learned throughout the years and, and, and train them at it, and I kept practicing at it. So, I mean, I got better through those, you know, months I wasn't playing. Um, but I will say deep down, um, I thought I was completely done and I was going to have to find a, a new chapter of my life. So for it all, for, you know, what's going on right now, it's a, it's a blessing. I don't know if you guys knew, know, like the reason they brought me up to Washington. Um, I don't know if you guys remember last year, Denver Broncos, all their quarterbacks got COVID and they had, and they had a receiver play quarterback. Well, Washington at the time was like, yeah, we can't have that. So they called me up to be the emergency COVID quarterback. So I'm in meetings. I'm like 30 feet behind everybody. I'm nowhere near anyone at practice. I'm like 10 yards away from everyone. Again, not getting any reps. And then a couple of things happen here and there, and then I'm playing Tom Brady in the playoffs. So it's 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 a it's been a wild ride. Wait, that that's incredible. You have to feel like a little bit of an outcast, right? Like you're, it's like you have a ten foot post. Like you're the Grinch. You're like walking around. You like can't get close to anybody. You're not even getting reps. No, man. I'm, like I'm talking about, we're in the team meeting room, and only quarterbacks were allowed to meet in person last year. So the quarterbacks meet in the team meeting room. They put me in the last row of the team meeting room, and they're about 50 feet in front of me just talking and stuff. And they're throwing me water bottles and sandwiches back there, making sure I'm still <laughs> alive. But, yeah, go out to practice, get no reps, um, just there in case of emergency, you know. And, you know, a couple of things happen here and there, like I said, and and here we are. Did you have a moment after that game, the wild card game, or maybe at some point in the off season when you inked your your two year deal, of like realization of just how fast those whatever three four five months everything just changed. Well, I'll, uh, I probably had that moment right after the game. Um, I was hurting there for a little bit. I, I separated my shoulder that game, and they you know they gave me a couple pills. Like I was I was feeling pretty good at home, and kind of looking back at uh, everything that just happened, and I'm thinking. You know, they just changed my life. I'm probably been in the in the league for another two plus years, and just kind of think back at where I was just a couple months prior. Um, I would have never thought that would happen. So, um, yeah, I got home around one thirty in the morning after that game. I maybe got forty five minutes of sleep, just kind of answering text messages, calling family. Um, so yeah, I, I stayed up until about seven in the morning that morning, just kind of soaking it all in. Look at you now, starting in the NFL, Bud Light deal, the Bud Light key. You're rocking the Bud, Bud Light, Light at high level, man. This I guy's big it. time now. Hey, man, we get free beer. You got to take it. <laughs> nah, you got you got to jump at that one for sure. Taylor, I wanted to ask you about pregame fits with like the walk-in picture. Cause I was going through your Instagram and I see you're, you're wearing like the nice suits. You know, you look dapper. I think maybe there's pressure on the quarterback to uh, come across that way. Like maybe you have to look super sharp, but Duncan's walking into games and like sweats in a t-shirt. I'm trying to get him. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to elevate his game a little bit. Is there like a dress code that you guys have? Are you supposed to be looking sharp or is that just personal preference? So I'm more on you, on your side, Duncan. I, I'd rather wear just sweats everywhere. I'm um, cozy fam over here, man. I just keep yes. team cozy all day. That's where, I, that's where I live. Yeah. But, you know, this offseason, you know, with away trips, you know, we're supposed to look, be looking nice. And, um, you know, instead of just wearing the the, the classic team polo and, and some khakis, I decided to, you know, put a little little style in there. So I asked some people to help me out with it. Yeah. You know, it's cool because I've never been this way. I've never really had the desire to to kind of have suits like that. But, um, you know, when you kind of see them on yourself, it's, it's it's pretty cool. 
are you uh are you i imagine you're still like close with a lot of whether it be your high school teammates or high school friends like you keep up with all those those people oh yeah yeah i'm i'm curious if you get and it it's all like in, in good fun but like i'm the same sort of way i'm i'm still close you know davis and i went to high school together uh all that sort of stuff do you get kind of like ragged on when you do something like that like all of a sudden you start showing up in suits and was like oh all right big money now like my man yeah. my man's <laughs> changed up like do you get that same sort of treatment oh yeah you get the you've changed you can't hide money all yes. this stuff yes yeah. let me hold a yeah. dollar all that yeah. sort of stuff all yeah, that exactly stuff. that's part of the reason why i stay team cozy because it's just like just you know Stay in the shadows, you know what I mean. But yeah. I will say, I've been on your IG. Uh, the suit game is is certainly strong. It's sharp. Yeah, 100%. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. No, no, you're doing more than trying. Uh, I want to. Uh, I want to ask about your process in those moments where things are uncertain. How you kind of build the resolve to stay true to a routine, stay true to. Uh, you know, the day in, day out commitment when in reality you there is uncertainty, but you still have that day in, day out, like I'm dedicated to this process. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to something as simple as just, you know, control what you can control. And our, our head coach talks about it every day. Um, he talks about attitude, preparation, and effort. And those are three things that you can control every day. And I feel like if you go into every day with a good attitude, and, you know, you put, you put forth the effort. Um, I mean, that's all you can do. And, um, you know, sitting back and kind of thinking of what can happen if, if this, if that, um, I think that's just, you know, poisonous, to the brain, um, it, it can hold you back and make you think, you know, thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking. And so I, I just try to be positive every day. I go in there, work hard and whatever happens, happens. And I, I can close my eyes every night. And put my head on that pillow knowing that, you know, I did everything I could. And, you know, that, that's that's good enough for me. Do you do any sort of, like, meditation, visualization, any anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I try to do a lot of that uh, after practice, after our whole day at the facility. I'm usually done around, like, 4.30. And we have, we have a couple float tanks. And I find those very, very helpful. Um, kind of just floating there for an hour and listen to some, some nice music and kind of just turn your brain off a little bit. And, um, I found that to help me a lot. Those are the, the sensory deprivation ones, right? So it's like, yeah. you're like all your sense, like sense are just off and you're just like chilling. Yeah. 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 I've only done those, uh, like I think once or twice, but it's definitely, definitely a cool experience. That's pretty cool. You guys have those in the facility. Yeah. What are you listening to Taylor in the float tank? What's in the headphones? They just got some, you know, nice uh, meditation music. It feels like, um, I don't know, like when you're laying down there and you, and you close your eyes, it looks like, it feels like you're just floating on a cloud and they got this like nice music and you're just, you're really just relaxing, kind of just turn your brain off. And uh, I do hate it when it says your time is up and you kind of just jump up. <laughs> My man, I could have done this for another two hours, but no, it's, it's a good, it's a good deal what's uh what's in the headphones pregame are you like uh georgia country roots or are you you know been been taken over by like maybe some of your teammates hip-hop rap like what are we what are we vibing to it's funny you ask that man i've never been a country fan you know being from georgia I, you know people you know people are like what the hell's wrong with you but uh i've never been on the country train and um and I like some hip hop and some rap, but you know, so a lot of it starts to sound the same to me. Um, but my favorite band right now that I can listen to nonstop is Twenty One Pilots, and uh, wow. yeah, I can I can listen to them all day. Which is it's funny you ask because they got they got a concert here in, on Saturday, which I'll be going to. So um, those those guys are usually, or I'm or I'm listening to podcasts. I might be listening to like a little Joe Rogan podcast. You know, you never know. Hey, mix in the uh, the long shot there, you know, throw it there the you, you know, <laughs> that certainly won't hurt. Taylor, I just wanted you to know, I recently got a Planet Fitness gym membership and they've got a uh, hydro massage they give you for 10 minutes if you want. And so I can totally relate to you. When that thing hits zero, there is nothing worse than knowing that your time, <laughs> then your time is up. 
What is a hydro massage? You're like laying on a bed and they blow in water from the bottom. It's like, you know, it's moving up and down. Really works the muscles. It's good stuff. Good for Planet Fitness. Up in their game. That's high yeah, level stuff. Shout out Planet Fitness. Um, all right, Taylor. Well, appreciate you coming on, especially on your bye week. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of things you could be doing that's uh, more enjoyable than coming on the Long Shot Podcast. But <laughs> we appreciate your presence. Uh, congrats on the the Bud Light deal. You know that uh, that is as much as anything else. Uh, even though you certainly got a lot going for you. So thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to catching up soon. And good luck here in a couple weeks. Appreciate you guys, man. Y'all take care. Thank you.